want to go live on video but are a bit unsure where to start? Or maybe you already go live a lot but you are scared to sell. Download for free the Live Authentic Storytelling Guide. Six steps to infuse storytelling into your live videos. You'll get practical structure to help you convert your audience from raving fans to loyal customers. Go to www.livestorytellingguide.com and get your free guide today. Okay, you all, do you have a fear around selling? I know that when I first started putting myself out there, I was scared, you know what, to sell. If that's you, like it was me, today's show is for you. With me today is the author of the best-selling book, Sales in a New York Minute. Jen Gittimer helps entrepreneurs increase their revenue and profit through her proven sales strategies. After leaving corporate America to fill her entrepreneurial dream, Jen discovered the key to time and financial freedom for her and her husband, the exponential launch formula that has led to multiple six-figure launches. And in this episode, you're going to learn what sales actually is and how to not take it personally when you're selling yourself. She also talks about the number one most important part of selling. It's a really good episode for us heart-centered entrepreneurs who sales is not necessarily our favorite thing, but serving is. This episode is for you. This is the Creative Soulpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Demas. Let's go. Okay, y'all, you're in for such a treat today because not only do we have an amazing author a amazing salesperson, an amazing human being with us. We have my friend and mastermind buddy, Jen Gittimer is here to talk with us today. Hey, Jen. Hey. I love it. So <laughs> so excited to be here. Uh, I'm so honored you are. So I, I've read your bio, you know, in the intro, but I want to hear about it from out of your own mouth. I want you to tell us about you, because I always find it so interesting when people say who they are, like from their point of view. Yeah, so I am like a natural born salesperson. I don't know if that's really a thing, but it is a thing for me. I Like I came out of the womb selling somehow, and I've just been in sales my whole life. I love sales. And a lot of people are probably cringing in their seat right now or, or, or on their walk, wherever you are. Like, she loves sales. Oh, no. Who is this alien? Right. But the truth is I have always sold things that I've loved and that I found to make an impact on people. And so it's that end result that I really love is being able to see that impact. So I, I you know, I sold custom bracelets when I was five and or four years old, like outside the supermarket. I, I showed up at first with my bracelets and then realized that people don't want my bracelets. They want their bracelets. They want their team colors, their sports colors, their school colors, whatever. And it was like at such a young age, because I, I, my grandma would go in the supermarket and do her food shopping and I wanted to make money. So <laughs> at such a young age, it was such an eye opener to me. And I don't even think that it hit me as hard then as it did as I started to see that trend throughout my life, that people wanted the thing that was going to either impact them the most, either through their heart and their emotion, or through some sort of result. 
And so I've always been focused. That's why I love sales, right? Because I have figured that key out. And so I've always been focused on that. Like literally, like I'm not, not even kidding you. So then I sold Cutco knives. And if you don't know Cutco knives, they really are the best knives on the planet. Like kitchen cutlery. You're still selling them. You're still selling them. And they're the best. They're like decades later. I'm like, I would still buy them today. They're that good. And by the way, that is how much belief you have to have in your product or service when you're selling something like decades later. Oh yeah. It was the, it, they're still the best, you know? And it, it's mm. like, it's true. And I worked in retail. I worked at Saks Fifth Avenue, like the real Saks Fifth Avenue on Fifth Avenue sold men's clothing, high-end designer men's clothing. It was a blast. <laughs> and I got to dress men up all day as a living. It was awesome. <laughs> And then I um, worked for six and a half years at an educational software company, helping teachers help their students. And that's like where I really found the impact because it was no longer about, can you make quota? Because I started managing a team there and stuff. It was about how many children are you going to impact this year? How many kids are you going to help grow? And once I put it in that perspective for my team, it was a, a game changer. It was a game changer because they were committed to helping that many students, you know, and, and yes, it tied back to a sales number, but it's, it, I mean, you can take this like in the digital world too, right? Like, yeah, I always have a a student number as a goal rather than the financial goal. Because for me, I get in my head when Mm -hmm. I go, when I talk finances about, not that I don't know what the number is because I do, but I, 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 I have it and then I put it away rather than focusing on it. And then I go to the student number because that for me lands in my heart. Yes. Yes. And when it lands in your heart, you take heartful actions. You take the right actions that'll actually get you there. And so that was huge for me when I figured that out. And then eventually I just decided I was really good at helping salespeople make sales. And I wanted to start my own business and help other people all across the world, not just like in my little office, you know, or uh, my my team across the nation, but just all over the world, be able to earn the income that they deserve and create time and financial freedom. And so I uh, quit, which was freaking scary. Let me tell you, like you have this cushy job, if you will. Yes, I, I <laughs> you know, know where this. you could literally like travel, be anywhere, work from wherever. They don't care, and um, have a nice salary, a really nice base, a really good commission structure. And one day I was just out Uh, mentally. I was out for a way longer time before I was out physically, but I, I quit and started my own business. And that was like almost, that was seven years ago, almost. What a big belief you had in yourself. How, where did that come from? How did you know to have that belief in yourself? I don't think I knew. I don't, I don't think that that's such an interesting question. I don't, I don't think I knew that I had that belief in myself. I was going off of past experience and past success and past success can create that belief. Right. And so I knew I had all these past successes. I was able to teach anyone. I was able to take teachers out of the classroom who would tell me they are not salesy. And I would be like, great, I don't want you to be salesy, but you're going to sell. <laughs> and I was able to help them double their annual salaries and more and impact more than the 30 kids in their class, way more, you know? And so when I realized I could do that 
and teach them that. And I had so much success with it. I think that's where the belief belief came from. And for me, it was really decades of, of that, of, of that kind of success. Yeah. And you are, in my estimation, the least salesy salesperson I've ever met. <laughs> oh, that's such a compliment. Which is probably why I, why I like you so much, right? You do something that is, that can, that has a reputation mm-hmm. of being icky, of being used car sales and mean mini. Is that a word? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, and and you flip that. You flip that and you come from this great space of heart. So you wrote a book. I did. An amazing book. Thank you. Uh Sales in a New York Minute. And in it, I, I, I on page 107, as a matter of fact, for those of you out there. As a matter of fact. <laughs> you say sales is not a manipulative battle. It's a conversation a value-based offer, and a relationship. Sales is helping. Yeah. Talk about that. So the reason why at the beginning of this, when I was like, I love sales, and then I'm like, oh, you're probably cringing. I forgot. Like people have this terrible negative connotation in their mind about sales is because of your experience with sales, with salespeople. You go to a store, they try to push the dress on you. They try to push the, the outfit on you. You have some sort of negative experience that create some judgment in your mind that that's how salespeople are. Plus the car salespeople, and I'm sure there's some good ones out there, but the car salespeople have a reputation, right? And have created what a lot of people think of as salespeople. Now notice Carvana is huge. Mm. Carvana is like overtaking the world and there is no salesperson. And I just found out, I didn't know this. I don't know if you knew this, but enterprise car rentals makes most of their money through selling those cars. Yes, I did know that. <laughs> so it's like they've taken the salespeople out of the game where they don't work, where they are being pushy. And so if you've had a negative experience with selling, that doesn't mean you're going to give a negative experience with selling. It means you can change that connotation and make it however you want. And so in my mind, it's all about a long-term relationship. I'm not going to sell you something and then just walk away and be like, well, I hope to work. No, if I'm going to sell you a program, I'm going to sell you a course, I'm going to make sure that, especially if there's like coaching or something like that, but that you're guided the whole way and that the best sale is a sale that with someone who you begin a relationship with and they have so much success that they not only become repeat customers, they refer other people to you. Yeah. Like you've had, you've had success with programs, right? And with coaches and stuff like that. And when you do, don't you tell other people? Of course. Of course. Right. And so to me, that's the ultimate honor. And that's what I'm looking for in every I'm going to use like the air quotes transaction that I make because I don't, I don't think sales should be transactional, but okay. Let me tell you a story. If, if the, I feel like I'm rambling on, but yeah, okay. you're, 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 you're in the right place to tell a story. <laughs> so Go. I worked retail in high school and I made commissions and we were in a luxury boutique that was very neighborhoody. So the, the people in the neighborhood would, would basically stop by. And one day this girl comes in and she's trying on a $600 dress and she says, and I'm her salesperson. And she asked me how it looked. And before I could even answer my manager, like quickly pulled me aside 
And she is like, do not sell her that dress. I was like, why? It's $600. Do you know that my commission is like X, Y, Z, however much? I was already calculating the commission in my mind. And my manager, Susie, said, if you sell her that dress, which, by the way, does not flatter her whatsoever, if you sell her that dress, she's going to go home, she's going to try it on for a friend, and the first thing they're going to say is, where did you get that never go back? And by the way, we're not going to go there either. How could a salesperson sell you that dress? So I walked over to her and I said, hey, okay, so you asked me for your opinion on that dress. It's not my favorite one on you, but I have one that's actually less expensive. And I think it's going to look even better on you. Let me pull it over. So I bring it over and it, it just like, it flattered her. It, it made her look like a million bucks, right? And she was now saving money. Well, that was the beginning of a relationship, which lasted my whole tenure there. And she brought all of her friends to shop with me. Oh, you can only shop with Jen. She's on it. Mm. And it was such a huge lesson for me. And so when I say it's a relationship, that's what I mean by that. Like you're looking out for the long-term relationship so that you can help them. You're not looking out for this one sale. This one sale means nothing. Even if you don't make a lot of money off the first sale, it's a door opener. It's a relationship starter. And think about all the repeat business and referrals that can come from that. Yeah, I love that. You know, I mean, in the online space, we tend to give a lot away for free at the front, mm-hmm. right? And at times, I know, and especially when I first started, I felt a little resentful. <laughs> you know, I was like, ah, oh, I gave them three days, five days worth of the challenge, and then they didn't buy, right? And it's like, well, that's just the opening of the door, mm-hmm. right? And and the thing about sales that you can really speak to better than I is that it's numbers. But you have to get hit with no a lot. So how do you handle rejection? Yeah. So by the way, the resentful thing, I think a lot of people experience that because you put so much work into what you're creating yeah. because no one wants to put Your heart is in it. Right. Yeah. And it's their first impression of you. Yeah. And, and so, but just remember that's going to be shareable content. That's something that they're going to show to another friend who's trying to grow an online business and say, Hey, look what Nick created. Like, you got to check this out. You got to see this. And that, like I said, like that's the ultimate honor because that is going to lead to more attraction and more people following you and more sales. Okay. So lots of no's. Yeah. Rejection. How do you handle it? So it's not personal. And the problem is it is personal Mm -hmm. because you know, they say, right, in sales, like, if they don't buy your product, it means nothing about you. But that's because you're selling oftentimes a product. Well, in the online space, you're virtually selling yourself, right? You're And you're not selling yourself, but you're selling your capability. You're selling your personality. You're selling your energy. You're selling your you. You're the brand, the personal brand. And so it is so easy to take that personally. But just remember, just like you don't like every instructor, coach, trainer, provider out there, they're not going to either. And so like, so my husband and I teach a lot of the same things, right? There are people who love him and can't stand me. And there are people who cannot stand him and love me. I don't get offended if it's, you know, the, they hate me part, right? Like that's just, they, 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 they relate to him better. Good. Go learn from someone that you can learn from, yeah. you know, and, and he doesn't get offended if they like me better. Like, it's just, it's, it's, if you really are in it with your heart because you want your prospective customers to win, 
then you won't take it personally because you'll realize there's more of them out there. I was set up very early for this, being an actor and a dancer, you know, <laughs> at, at, in a very difficult business where there is rejection three, four times a day, right? <laughs> you go in and you give you, you are the product, period. There isn't even a course. Mm-hmm. It's you and your talent. And I really had to learn how to let go. It was a surrender process. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. When you were doing that, would you go from like one, I don't know, what do they call them? Casting calls or something like that? Audition. Audition. So an audition and they would say yes or no. And then you go to the next audition, like that same day. Yes. Okay. That's huge. And And this is similar to if you're doing a lot of high ticket sales, like over the phone on the same day. You cannot take one no into your next appointment. Yeah. The biggest thing, like you said, is really surrendering to that is separating it. So what I would do when I sold Cutco Knives, I had to literally call my manager in between. I would, I would stack. So it was like a weekend and night job, right? So I would stack all the appointments on a Saturday. So I would go to one person's house. If I didn't get the eight piece block set, I'd be like upset because that was my goal every time. Eight piece block set or more. And (laughs) everyone needs an eight piece. I think I have to get these knives. You completely convinced me I need these knives. They are the best. (laughs) And so I would have to call my manager in between every sales call. And what I didn't realize at the time that he was doing was he was actually resetting my mindset in between every sales call. And so if I got it, he'd be cheering me on and pumping me up to go into the next one. If I didn't get it, he'd be like, all right, let's go take a walk around the block. Then I want you to listen to your favorite music and get pumped up before you go into the next one. Like he was giving me tools and strategies so that eventually I could use them on my own. Right. So my favorite things, and and this is like, anything if you're doing coaching sessions and one doesn't go well and then you have like 30 minutes and you're you have the next one you don't want it to be a domino effect right you literally have to clear your energy in the middle of them and so I mean I'm sure you have the ultimate tips for that (laughs) (laughs) I do have a few for clearing energy yes (laughs) I love that I love that so also in the book on page 93, which by the way, we're going to put the, we'll put the, uh, the book in the show notes. So everyone can click right on it. Uh, okay. Purchase. You say that it's the best why to make a sale that finding the needs of a prospect is thought of as the most important part of the sale, but you must also discover why they need it. It is the most important part of the selling process. Yeah. So usually people need something for one of very few reasons. They want to do something faster, better, with less money, with more energy. They want to win or profit in some way. And you can take profit to not just be money, but like they want to make more in some way, right? Um, Lessen the time, you know, decrease the time it takes to do something like there are not, there are a handful of reasons that everything can really be boiled down to. And if you can figure out what their reason is, you can help them see how you can hit that reason, if that makes any sense. It does. It, you know, and, and I know, like, 
for those that sell online courses, it's, it's you know, you're, you're one to many. So it's about finding those problems, right? We always talk problem solution. We always talk about getting into their struggles so that you can understand what it is that they need. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that it's similar with one-on-one sales, right? It's maybe a more intimate relationship of digging into the why. Yeah. Am I right here? Yeah, you know, you're totally right. And online, right, with, with one-to-many, your customers, if you, ha- if you have niche down and you have an ideal client, you are solving a problem, right? That, that is what your offer solves some problem. It's just as simple as that. And so if you can figure out what their problem is, then you have half the battle. And if you can figure out the emotion behind the problem, now you have the whole thing. So yes, like I want to create, let's say I'm a, I'm a customer, right? And I'm going to buy something that's out there. I want to, I mean, I want to buy a course that's going to help me make more money in some way, but why? Like, what is that? What is that going to give me? What is that going to give your customer when they get that thing? And honestly, like as humans, there are like, we have a lot of very shared emotions, you know, and, and it, it really isn't like 10,000 reasons out there that are people's wise. Like there's usually like a family thing or it's easy to figure out if you interview a bunch of your clients. Yeah. Just, just talk to them and ask them. Like old school. Like, well, what will, what will that do for you? Once you have that, what will that do? How will that help you? I love to get people on the phone. Mm-hmm. Like old school. Yes. Yes. And even do a Zoom with your customers and, like, ask if you can record it. Because I, I like face-to-face. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I like to see their emotion I because I, I feel like you can pick up on so much. Now, yeah. you know, that you can't just through a phone. But but just ask. I'm not saying, like, send out an email survey. No, no, no. Like, if that's what you mean by old school. Like, definitely talk to them. You don't have to talk to all of them. Talk to a few. Like, make it your goal to talk to a few customers every month you know, and just get to know them better and understand what this program or offer that you have is helping them do. And what is their reason for wanting that? And what is it, what is it getting them in life? Because I I can promise you knowing that if you know that for a few and you can, and you can kind of summarize it, you can create killer coffee and you can really reach their heart. And I'm not saying it from a manipulative way, like find it out and then use it against them. Like, no, I'm saying it because the better you can find it out, the more people you can help. And I truly believe that. And so you have to believe that, you know? You say help don't sell, (laughs) show don't tell, prove like hell. I do. It's one of my favorite things because, okay, so when I was selling Cutco, we would go in with this demonstration and I would show them how I could cut an, a, a penny. I don't know if it's legal, but I could cut a penny with, with our set of uh, scissors because it was so easy to do because the scissors were so freaking good. Right. And then I would say, okay, like it's like cutting steak or cutting, you know, rope or whatever. And I would show them our knives versus their knives. I wouldn't just tell them about the knives and make them picture it. No, I would, show it to them. And so in the online world where you can't sit face to face with one customer and you're selling too many, you have to literally paint that picture. You have to give them just like you teach in in stories, right? Mm -hmm. That's how you paint a picture. Like I just demonstrated that to you and you could, you could feel it, right? 
You could see it. Sense it, feel it, smell it, taste yeah. it. I, I was with you. Yeah. And so you have to do that when you're selling the entire time. So, so that's the show don't tell part. Um, help don't sell is all about what I talked about, like with the, uh, at the retail store, right? I was helping her when that, when that, when my manager, Susie gave me that message, it clicked. This was not about selling. Like I was never going to be a salesperson. I was going to be a helper. And it, it, it really clicked in my mind. And so that's the, the help don't tell. And then prove like hell. Well, you're going to get people results. You're going to help people with whatever it is. I'm sure that that's what you're doing now. As you know, if you're listening to Nick's podcast, you're probably a rock star online entrepreneur. And so if you're helping people, let them brag about you, let them put up testimonials and get those testimonials and use them to not only prove it to your customers, how good you are, but to remind yourself, like on those hard days, on those days that you're like, oh, I want to like just tear everything up. I don't know why I'm doing this business. And we all have those days every once in a blue moon, you know, like just look at those testimonials and see the people you've impacted. And then it's like, oh, wait, I can't stop. <laughs> I need to keep going. I have uh, an old card stack of cards that people have given me over the years that were like thank you cards or praise cards. And I keep it in a in a box and I go and I open when I'm having one of the, yep. Oh, look, you're pulling out a thank you card that I sent you. And when I'm having one of those days, I love to send thank you cards. Like it's, I think it's like, it's a big deal to me as I'm, as I'm having one, because of this very reason, when I'm having one of those days, I go into that box. It's like the testimonials and I go and I go back and I read what somebody has said to me because I need the reflection to continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so 100%, like literally this is still your thank you card is still on my desk because I haven't filed it yet. Like I save all this stuff too. I, I love this stuff. Like I, I love it. And maybe some people think it's silly. I don't know. Like you have too many boxes. That should be your worst problem in life. You know, like you have too many thank you cards stored up. Like, oh no. <laughs> but, there are worse problems. I know, right? But if you could create some sort of digital file, like what now what I do is I take anytime someone says something nice, like I'll just take a screenshot of it and I put it in Canva and I have their face next to it because it's usually online and I put it in Canva and now I have like a, a Canva file where I can flip through all the testimonials and videos I put in another folder. And so you can go back to those things and it's so, it's just refreshing. It reminds you why you do what you do. Yeah. And it's also, let's be honest, probably one of the best sales tools that are out there because not it's not you saying how great you are and how great your product is. It's other people speaking for you. Oh, yeah. Well, it is one of the best sales tools, 100%. We had, so when I was managing a 30-person sales team, when we were selling educational sales, we had an issue because there were some... Uh, uh, quality issues. And so the sales team wasn't sold. So how do you get a sales team to go sell stuff if they're not sold? And so I, I looked at my boss and I'm like, we have a, an internal sales issue. Like we have to sell them. And he's like, well, how, what, what should we do, Jen? You know, like <laughs> you go do it. And so I started collecting testimonials and this was like back in the day 
where, you know, phones weren't, cell phones weren't like the thing yet. And, and this was like, I, I just had like the little camcorder. And so <laughs> I, and, and I had an audio recorder too that like did voice recordings. And so I just collected testimonials from as many customers that would speak to me. And then I started sharing them with the team and showing them what the customers were saying. And all of a the sudden they flipped a switch. Like they began to believe in the products again. If you feel like at the beginning, you were like, how did you, you must've had all that belief in yourself. Well, yeah, because I, I, I collected it through experiences and I collected mm-hmm. it and I saved it in my memory and I, and I stored it on files wherever I could right? these wins. And so you as a digital entrepreneur who's listening you need to do the same thing. Like if you want to strengthen your belief in yourself, start collecting that, you know, sell yourself. You need to sell yourself first before you can sell anyone through a computer screen. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and so that's really how to start, right? Like it's the start with the self-belief ultimately. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So how could you transfer that belief to someone else if you don't believe in it yourself? Which also goes back to needing to believe in your product and what you have to offer. Mm-hmm. Like you, you said about the knives that you're still passionate about. Yeah. Okay. I'm so, I, I'm, I'm telling you, like they're the best. <laughs> <laughs> My parents were moving and um, they found like the very first set that I had sold to my grandparents and they shipped it to me. Um. So now, so now I have their set, which is so freaking cool. That but, is so sweet. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you need to believe in yourself. You need to believe in your products and services. And you need to believe that the customer is going to be better off having purchased whatever it is you're selling. If you can master those three beliefs, then you're going to make sales. You're going to make more impact. And the reason I always say impact when I go to sales is because that's where my brain is trained to go. Like to me, it's not just about being able to buy nicer things. Like, cool. Okay. Now what? You know, like, like, yeah. that's great. But it, and, and believe me, I like nice things, but <laughs> another reason why we're friends, we like nice things, <laughs> but it's also about being able to impact more people. And if you don't have those three beliefs, believe in yourself, your product, your service, and belief that you can impact, that you can help that customer win in some way, you need to start there. <laughs> Yeah, that's where to begin. So then where do you end? How does one close a sale? <laughs> Everyone thinks the close comes at the end because it sounds like it, right? Like it's like yeah. the close. No, the close comes at the very beginning. The close comes from the very moment you begin that conversation and you start out with that self-belief. You're transferring it that minute you meet someone or they see you online. Maybe they see an ad of yours on Facebook. Maybe they, where, wherever that is, that, that is the beginning of the close. Literally, it is at the beginning. So what you're saying to me is that the energy behind is everything. 100%. Yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. If you show up with lackluster energy and you barely believe in your product, or like you are trying to believe in your product, but then someone watches it and they're like, I don't know if they, they really believe this thing could work. They're not going to buy from you. You don't buy from them. Yeah. I always say your energy walks in the door before you do. Oh, that's so good. (laughs) 
Now, is the energy like a trail online of like the postings that you put out and the the content that you put out and the freebies that you put out? Is that part of your energy? That is absolutely part of your energy. Don't you think that everything that you put out into this universe is your energy? Yes. And so therefore, people, by reading a post, already have a sense of who you are before you even begin to try to sell something to them, which is part of the needing to come from that space of service. Yes. Yes. Can you, like, if you think back to your last couple of sales, were you sold on them before you even heard their pitch? Yeah. Okay. So this is really interesting because uh, somebody told me actually just yesterday, two days ago, that I opened my mouth, said two sentences, and they knew they were ready to buy. Isn't that interesting? And so one of the reasons, one of the many reasons why people hate selling is because they feel like they have to get all pitchy. Yeah. And it's not a pitch. It's a conversation. It goes back to that quote you asked me about at the beginning that it's it's a relationship and a conversation, right? And and so it's not pitchy. No, you're not pitching. Like, can you imagine? You would have lost a sale. Can you imagine if you like showed up with these two great words and opened your mouth and then you went all pitchy on her? I will never. You have just opened something for me. I will Ooh. never, ever, ever say again the pivot to sale or the pivot to the pitch ever Ugh. again. There is no pitch. It's I, a conversation. I will always say conversation from now on. Yes. You, just, yes. you just shifted something in me during this. Oh. That's so brilliant, Jen. So that is so cool. So, and, and that's, and that's where that icky feeling comes like, oh, yeah. now I have to pivot to the pitch. Like that just, that doesn't sound natural. You know, I, in real stories that sell, that sell is in yeah. the title. So that should tell you something. I don't usually talk about the pivot at all because I don't believe in it like you're talking about, but I've never used the word conversation for it. And now I, I always use it in terms of using your story as the, the, the vehicle. Yes. But now I've got a new word, a new term, a new way, conversation. This is so exciting. But the, And that's all it is, right? Whether it's a one-on-one conversation or it's an online, you know, you're, you're showing up for a live video and you're inviting people to come to your webinar or you're inviting people to come to your challenge. That's what it is. It's an invitation. It's, it's not like a, let me pitch you hard on why you need to come to this three-day challenge. No one's going to stay for that pitch. Like there is a scroll button, you know, like maybe in a timeshare close, they have a pitch because you have to stay or you don't get your points. But that's like a forced, that's like a forced pitch because they can, they've captivated you in this room. You're not leaving until you get those points. And clearly it must work because people buy. Oh yeah, it works. Oh, oh, but, oh. But it wouldn't work for me, I don't think. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, fun fact. They give, maybe not such a fun fact, they give single ladies less points than married women. What? Because they think that single la- When I was in Aruba a couple years ago, they were like, oh, yeah, you can get like 50,000 points if you come see this presentation. And I was like a point chunky at the time because I knew how to use them and I was all about it. So I'm like, 50,000 points is pretty good. How long's the pitch? Okay, yeah, I have two hours, whatever. And they said, okay, we'll bring your husband. And I'm like, my husband? I'm like 20-something. I, I don't, I'm not married, you know, like I'm, I'm still single. I don't, they're, oh, it's only 25,000 then. I'm like, huh? Well, single people are less likely to buy because they don't have families. That's what they told me. I said, okay, have a nice day. Wow. 
They lost me on their pitch. They lost you on their pitch. <laughs> Before they, they couldn't They're close. pre-pitch. Yeah. And see, so that they lost me with their open, right? Like not yeah. their close. If they had come up to me and said, hey, you can get 25,000 points. And then they had said, oh, and if you're married, you can get 50,000 points. Whoa. Okay. Now I wouldn't have minded, right? Like, cool. Like, I would have just thought it's because, like, an extra person – Right. It was two stuff. people right. versus one right. person or whatever. No, but that, yeah. that wasn't their logic, right? And so that wasn't their, their explanation of it. And so it, they didn't lose me with the clothes. They lost me with how they opened. And so how you open every time, how you open a Facebook Live video, it's going to determine if people are even going to stay. Because you have to realize you're selling all the time. You're not just selling your offer. You're selling every time you go live on video. You're selling when you create a post. You're selling Anytime you put yourself out there in the public, people are making a decision whether or not they want to read it, watch it, listen to it, stay, etc., and take the action. I'm selling right now on this <laughs> podcast. You are. You are. And so am I because yes. your listeners are going to determine, oh, wow, I love Jen. I want to go follow her or eh. You know, and they're going to determine that by the, the knowledge that I'm sharing and the value that I'm offering for free, right? And, and they're going to make that determination. And so it's my job to give as much value as I possibly can so that we can begin that no like trust relationship. Yeah. And I know, and I like, and I trust you, Woo. which is why you're here you. sharing your wise wisdom about <laughs> oh, sales man. and everything else. So that. Did I, can, I, can we just say like that video clip where I just blew your mind about a conversation needs to be like saved. Because <laughs> I was so, I could see the light bulb in your head go off. Like I could, I could just see it, and I'm like, whoa! You're like, what's I going on? I didn't even know here? what I said. It was so cool to see. <laughs> so you also talk about what to do right after the sale. Mm -hmm. What do you do right after you make a sale? Because we 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 do get excited, right? Like, oh my gosh, it happened! Now what should you do? Well, thank them. Like, hello. <laughs> So <laughs> that's first off, just, you know, if you're going to have an automated email, send them their login for some course or the, the, whatever it is they bought, thank them in that email too. And just tell them how grateful, as long as this is true, but how grateful you are that they're now a part of your program or, in, you know, you, your sphere in some way and confirm their purchase so that they feel good about it. Because that goes back to the belief that you do believe that you can help them. And so remind them that you can help them and then serve them. That's when, and now, and now it depends on what your offer is, right? Like if, it, if it's a group thing and you're showing up and serving, or if it's a, a course that they're buying and it's like an off the shelf kind of course, but, but make sure whatever it is you're offering serves them because that's your reputation and that's your future repeat business and that's your future referral business. And so anything you can do to deepen that relationship is going to help you win even more. Absolutely. I'm like, be the bartender who overserves. Yes. Yes. And by the way, the best time to make a sale is when you just made a sale. So yeah. because your energy is high, your, your energy is the right energy because you're excited for the customer and all, and all that. Right. And so like, I'm about to launch a course and I was talking to someone yesterday. He's like, well, what are you going to do after the launch? And I said, well, I'm going to launch a mini course. 
he said, huh? And I was like, they're kind of related. You kind of need both. Well, you not kind of like they are related. You do need both. And one's going to be a lot cheaper, uh, but it's a different, sir. It's a different, I don't know why I'm ta- beating around the bush. One is a course on how to launch courses. And one is a course on how to hire and delegate to your virtual assistant. And so whether or not you buy the first, the launch course, I still feel everyone should have a virtual assistant. And so once I get people through that energy, you know, through the energy of the launch and they've gone through the whole thing, I'm going to give them a second offer at the end. And it's because I, I feel they need it. Yeah. You know, and I don't want to combine the two because they're definitely very separate things. And there's going to be some people who only want one and not the other. Yes. And yes, there is a, there's a sale at the end of my sale too. <laughs> there you go. Spoiler alert. <laughs> A lot of times people launch something, yeah. right? They launch a course or a membership and then that's it. Hmm. Like, thanks, that's, it's over. I've just launched. Okay, now I'm going to go serve my people. But what if you could add something that was incremental in cost to them and could give them so much more? You know, could give them so much more power to do what they want to do. Why not offer it right then and, and make it like a no-brainer, literally? so so that's so that's how I've taken it online and that's like my philosophy online is keep that energy while it's there (laughs) keep the energy hot and when I said be the bartender that overserves I don't mean in an icky way (laughs) 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 somebody's falling off the off the the bar stool drunk but I meant in like be be a generous pour yeah, exactly. Or like if you're a waiter or waitress and they want more bread. Exactly. Like bring the whole bread basket. Bring them the basket. Don't charge <laughs> them. <laughs> no. <laughs> Jen, thank you oh, so man. much. Hey, so you can insert this into the testimonial part if you want. But I just, um, so... I want your listeners to know that I've been working with you for um, like almost a month now and everything you have been doing around my energy has changed who I am from the inside out, like literally changed. I have had some very um, trying personal times with our 11 year old in the last couple of weeks. And I don't think I could have gotten through them without this energy work that we have been doing or gotten through them so successfully without it. So it's not just like helping in business, which it's helping tremendously, but it's also helping in life. So I just want to say thanks. Oh, that is so sweet. Yes. Okay. Hey, (laughs) I received that. And I want to say thank you for sharing that with with my crew. I didn't want to bring that up that we're working together because it wasn't anybody's business, but since you brought it in, I, I I really appreciate that. It's, that it's is, true. Um, so I just had to had to put it out there, and yes. <laughs> well, we're we're truly shifting the energy of your story. Yes. And uh, and I uh, am so honored to be working with you, and I'm really glad that it's working for you. It is. Thank you. Where can everyone find you? So I'm on Instagram at Jen Gittimer, and that's the best place to find me because I love connecting with people there. Well, then we'll we'll send them there. <laughs> All right. And obviously the book will be in the show notes so you can purchase oh, it. Thank you. And 
really dig in because I read it uh, this weekend, obviously, before this interview and um, had some mini ahas and then some ahas on here today. Uh, so I appreciate you for those moments for absolute sure. And you can DM Jen and me your favorite moments, screenshot it, send it out, send some love her direction and uh, subscribe to this podcast. And, uh, and Jen, you have a podcast too, don't you? I do. It's called The Breakthrough Babe. The Breakthrough Babe. Follow, follow <laughs> that as well. Thank you so much, Jen. Thank you. Thank you. If you enjoy this podcast, tell your friends. Please rate, write us a review, and subscribe so we can spread the word and other solopreneurs just like you can find us.